Hello and welcome back to the Off The Crossbar podcast with Regan Walsh and Brad Morris in which we talk everything to do with football. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you like and subscribe to us whether that's on Spotify, Apple Podcast or Acast. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at OffTCPod for all the latest news and stories. Now as I said, I've been joined by Brad and wow, what a busy week we've had. Yeah, it's Christmas. The busiest time of the year, and the football also comes into that category because look what we watched this past midweek. It's just mental scenes. Like we've had football every day of the week. I can't complain, really, can you? No. And obviously, over the next month or so, he's going to continue having football daily. Yeah, I get it, which helps when you have a podcast, but also doesn't help when the scheduling is as effed up as it can be. Fucking Sky and BT, you bastards. And Amazon as well. Hey, no, this wasn't Sky and BT's fault, but <laughs> this week, but... Yes, it usually I don't even know if you can fully blame Amazon for this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I doubt It's not the last thing we'll talk about with Amazon, don't worry. Yes, I mean... Giving us a fucking eight fifteen on a Thursday. I wasn't as offended with that one, if I'm honest. What was the worst one for you then? You got to figure out the court by seven ones. Look, they're the worst, really. Yeah, true. But we're not going to dwell over kickoff times much longer. We actually have some very entertaining games to talk about, and we'll start off with the most recent game to finish, and that was from Old Trafford between Manchester United and Arsenal I mean it had, it was a game that had everything in it yeah there was a good sense of the build up before it as well because mm. I guess this was the first time in quite a little while that everyone was going Do you know, Arsenal are a bit of man than Man United yes. they were actually winning <laughs> um, they did take a lead through Emil Smith-Rowe after I don't even... How, what do you even say to that mix-up? Is it the best goal I've ever seen? But also the most Fred thing ever. It's the most comical thing I've watched a football match in a little while. <laughs> I, I, Fred really does try his hardest to cost the team, doesn't he? He really does. I mean... <laughs> he's own fucking goalkeeper he takes out. How? Like, after all this time, he's realised, oh, my plans aren't working. What am I going to do? Go for the reason they're staying in this game. Take out David. <laughs> it's now making me question even more what was on that paper against Chelsea on Sunday. Was it take out Ronaldo so he doesn't score again? Um. However, United do what United do and come back and relied on the Portuguese to help him out this time with Bruno Fernandes scoring on his 100th appearance for Man United and then Cristiano Ronaldo scoring a brace including one from the penalty spot to give United a 3-2 victory over Mikel Arteta's side Yeah, we speak about how Fred tries his hardest to cost them but Ronaldo is inevitable and yeah. that's that I mean, But it was nice of Bruno to show up again this week I wondered where he got it <laughs> Yes. To be fair, uh, I'll also give uh, Diogo Delo a special mention because I think Diogo Delo. <laughs> yeah. 
That's not how you say it, surely. Yes, it is. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how we, that's his name. Anyway, he had a D- really D- D- good game. Diogo. 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 Anyway, he had a very solid game in at fullback. Uh, but still uh, improvements needed. But obviously, now we turn our attention to the new era that has offici- or will officially start on Sunday for United. We started today. He's been he's speaking well, yeah. in a press conference as we record. We may have finished by now, actually. Uh, but does. yeah, you know, overall, United get the victory and uh, they give themselves that bit of confidence as we start this Christmas period. Arsenal, I mean, they really do lie rely heavily on Smith Rowe and all these other youngsters to help them out because I feel like the the rest of their players just aren't that good at times it's not necessarily a bad thing because those players are the future of the club it's those guys that will be the the leaders hopefully for them in the near future the the others have got to get to that level yeah I mean it, it does baffle me how heavily they rely on them players and then like the rest of the squad just if they can do the minimum they can do well like Arteta said after the game like he thinks they played well but at the end of the day you lost the game and it's not something you really want to be happening yeah and it doesn't help when you've got a striker who can't hit a barn door right now I mean that man just needs all the help he can get in finishing He's officially one truly been Arsenaled. Yeah. Like his career is down mm-hmm. as far as it can go. Yeah, I mean, but then like, even looking at their bench, apart from Maitland Niles and Saka and Kieran Tierney, what else off that Arsenal bench can you trust to make a turnaround in any of the big games? There ain't a lot, but. Obviously, they're building some. Arteta has turned it around from how it started. Oh, There's yeah. still a lot they've got to do, and you know, I think he's earned the trust to do that now. Yeah, I think over these next two transfer windows, you'll see a lot of uh, Arsenal players leave, um, and like Mikel Arteta will finally mould this into his own younger squad, and uh, then be fully. Like contending for top four, possibly titles. I mean, obviously they're only a point outside the top four after this week's games, and they can obviously slide back into it if they win at the weekend. But losing to a Man United team that has been diabolical this season isn't any help for them. It's a you say it's a diabolical Man United this season, but it's a diabolical Man United under a new manager bounce. Yeah. Uh, that's always going to be a factor. But oh, oh can we? Should we say we're, we're gutted for Michael Carrick? You know, undefeated, he's gone. Yeah, uh, I, I am a little sad that he has decided to leave after 15 years at the club uh, as a player, one of the most underrated players ever. Like 
apart from United fans and players at the team, like he was massively overlooked. Like he just did the simple stuff really effectively, and I think that's what went amiss with so many. And the fact that his England career was as bad as it was in terms of like cap wise, I think he ended up with. 30 to 34 caps which obviously is still a good number but at the same time he should have got a lot more yeah maybe but uh, I think in terms of the management side it's probably right that he's not there with Rangnick because maybe he wants to bring in his own people yeah um, from the reports he's trying to bring in like one assistant but uh, due to Brexit it's hard for them to get like the work permit and everything sorted Hence why the likes of uh, Kieran McKenna and Mike Phelan have stayed on for now. So Mike Phelan will never leave that club. <laughs> again, he'll never leave that club again. <laughs> I was about to say, he has left the club before, but yes, that man is Manchester United through and through. Um, one person who might be leaving their club soon if their results keep continuing in this downward spiral is Rafa Benitez at Everton. Humiliated 4-1 at home against <clears throat> arch-rivals Liverpool. This season is just going dreadful for them, isn't it? Yeah, it looks bleak about it. And this was like, just watching this alongside the other game I don't. They were awful. Oh, God, they're dreadful. Like, it's unreal how bad they are. Yeah, there's so many factors into this mm. as well it's not all Rafa oh no okay. I mean, and clearly the fans realised that as well they were straight for the board this yeah. week the, you heard them chanting like Mashiri and the other fella out uh, and then they brought obviously the banners like saying we are we are supposed to be like Nil Satis Nisi Optimum or whatever their slogan is yeah mm. did say right. Benitez it's because Benitez is now being used as a bit of a shield to take oh, yeah. all the hits that come the way. Yeah, he's not the main problem. We said it. The board have made so many mistakes. Endless expensive transfer windows on players that don't bring in the massive amount of quality that they you know, want. And mm. they still have Salomon Rondon and Cenk Tosin in the team. Right. I said it to you at the start of the week on the podcast, Solomon Rondon is not an Everton player. Like He did well at West Brom in his first spell at the Premier League, but he's not the player Everton needed to try and force them into a European spot. And their transfers, none of them really have been like made you go, wow, this isn't an exceptional song over the recent years. I mean, Hamas Rodriguez, was that really a smart signing at the time? but that one failed yeah um, there's been so many over the last five six years that you can just pick out and like they haven't worked so it's understandable the frustration coming from Everton fans uh, towards the board in that situation Hmm. there's a question do you know how much they paid for Cenk Tosson I want to say 23 million it's 27 million. That was a really good guess. I know it's not the right fit, but that was a really good guess. It's not a bit... You actually, I look at that, that sums it up. But yeah, he, he 
like he was unknown. He hadn't done anything spectacular in his career beforehand. I can't think of a signing they've made that they could sell and make some sort of profit on. Yeah, I don't think any. I mean, maybe they'd get lucky with Richarlison, but why he's playing right now? Is he fifty million? I don't think so. No, I think maybe because of how little they played, they might be able to flick some flip something for Damari Gray. Yeah, he's probably the only one considering they didn't pay anything for him. Mm. He's the only one this season that's looked worth it. Yeah, a hundred percent, and it's just like. It's always going to end up with like these poor performances. It could end up with the manager getting sacked. But how many times can a manager get sacked before you realise actually it's not the manager's fault that these results keep happening and we keep going down this downward spiral? You have to think actually if the board are making these poor signings and getting these appointments wrong in managerial terms then they have to look at themselves and go, hang on, let's, we need to start what we're doing here and get a complete restructure. Kind of what's happening at Manchester United now. Three, four managers have gone. They've stopped. They've got someone in to hopefully get this process right now and maybe you'll see a change there. I think Everton now need to do the same thing because how many managers they had since David Moyes gone? Like four or five? Oh, it's got to be close, ain't it? Yeah. And they haven't improved at all since Moyes left the gun in a backward spiral. Give it Duncan Ferguson on a permanent. <laughs> I mean, he probably would get the job anyway uh, at some point. Um, but back to the game anyway. Liverpool uh, winning resoundingly. Nothing too special from anyone. Uh, Salah scoring. Are you kidding me? Did you see Joss's turn for that last goal? But yeah, it was a lovely turn. Oh. But I mean, when... Source and Seamus Coleman, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the fact that that man's still playing, I feel like he's about 100 years old. I don't know, but I think this has been one of his worst seasons. Oh yeah. 100%. Um, but yeah, Liverpool just continue to press forward and put up a title charge as they go forth now heading into this busy festive period I mean only two points off the top top three teams separated by two points it's going to be a very interesting month, month and a half now of football yeah uh, more from that now it's time for best of the rest so let's yeah. go for it uh, uh, first up hang on, <laughs> go on. <laughs> I love that you just always forget this format yeah, but I wasn't too sure if you were going to lead into it, but continue. You know, it's me that leads into it. I'm trying to... Whatever. <laughs> First up, welcome back, Jack Grealish. Yes. Played all of, what, four or five minutes, including stoppage time? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, didn't have much to write home about, obviously. We were talking earlier on in the week whether we'd be playing and what the reception would be like. Um, what are your just quick takes on the game as a Villa fan? Yeah, I'll go for the game first before I go on the Grealish stuff. But, uh, from my perspective, it was easy for City in the first half. We showed them a bit too much respect. Mm. 
But at the same time, they're such a good team. They just worked our fullbacks so easily, just tired them out. Yeah. And second half, boy, did we come out swinging. Yeah. Dare I say we could have got something from it. Yeah, I think there was times in that game where I was thinking, hmm. In, especially in the second half, I thought, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Villa snatch a late draw, like from mm. this game. Um, but, yeah. but honestly, I came away from it feeling I've seen enough now from Gerard and how he's going to operate now with us, and I'm excited. Mm. You come away from a defeat feeling like, oh, do you know that was really good. <laughs> Which is so unusual in football to feel so positive about a defeat. Well, I know where you're coming from with that. Like, you can see the improvements the team has made, even in like a reaction to a defeat like that. Because obviously, before you probably lose that game, maybe three, four nil, and you don't look like you get in anything from it. But obviously, the reaction that they had at the start of the second half, getting the goal early on as well, it shows small improvements that's been made. It's a weird thing, because against Man City, we tend to look pretty organised. Mm-hmm. There's only the one time I can think that we'd won, and that was the 6-1, like two yeah. seasons ago. But other than that, we've always gave them a game. Mm. Which is, it's always nice to see. <laughs> it always makes you you got a chance. But, uh, <laughs> if there's the, <laughs> you know, I just demand City. Because I heard a funny analogy on a, a Villa podcast that I heard. <laughs> it's really good. Man City are the McDonald's of the Premier League. Successful, but they can be a bit bland. <laughs> it's a weird analogy, but at the same time... It's weird, but it's right there, because yeah, you know they're a bit predictable. Hmm. So and you know what's going to come from them, okay. and... There's the, the wow factor of Man City has kind of disappeared at times. Like, yeah, they they'll pull off performances or a player will do something stunning in game, but at the same time, we like you kind of know what to expect now. I just wish they'd gave it to Sterling more so that we could have the ball back. <laughs> Wasn't his best yeah. performance? No, do you know what was funny as well? The co-commentators they were they were good all game. I'll go with all that stuff later, but. They were trying to say, oh, you know, I think Sterling's doing it off a man of the match. What? <laughs> All of a sudden he would do is run into cash. I mean, Sterling, cash, they do go hand in hand. <laughs> God's sake. Yeah, speaking of someone else who, you know, went thought cash was good with hand, Grealish. Yes. All that reaction. Yeah. Look, if I was there, I wouldn't have booed. I wouldn't have clapped. Not my player. Who cares? But yeah. the Villa to I die chant. Perfection. Oh yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. So perfect that a match of the day I thought it was funny to mute it. Yeah, you know what they're like though. Always trying to show the biased. Yeah, look and the obvious reaction afterwards of some pundits towards us thinking, Oh, you show some respect like Sorry, who cares what Glenn Murray thinks? No one. Not even Glenn Murray's kids. This is Glenn Murray who played for Grove Crystal Palace and Brighton. Yep. Because we value your opinion, Glenn Murray. (laughs) I can't remember, was it Jules Warren who was 
uh, I think he spoke himself, but they got a hundred million for it. Oh, cheers, Jules. That makes us feel better, yeah. Oh, I'll give him our soul respect. It's like, no. Yeah. We'll give him a guard of honour. No, you don't do that guard. Whether you got a hundred million or one million for a player, if he's left your club for the money, you're not going to applaud him on his way back, are you? The only person who's responsible for this reaction, really, is Jack Grish himself because he won't keep his mouth shut. Exactly. They keep doing these PR pieces that aren't helping. Oh no, it's just getting worse and worse now, and it just seems to be milking it as much. And it's just, it's annoying me seeing it. Like, oh yeah, I'll always be a Villa fan for the rest of my life. Or I felt like this was a better was. opportunity and all this bollocks. <laughs> the, the funniest thing about that PR piece that came up before the game was like, if I could go back to Villa when I'm older, yeah, that'd be great. Same thing he goes. I nearly signed for Man United the year before. What? What line do you think we're going to focus on? Exactly. And I've also seen something else as well on Twitter that was pretty good. If we, in the future, re-sign Jack Grealish, then we've failed our current progress. Yeah. We're going back for Man City's leftovers. This isn't 2015 to 2016. Aston Villa, it's definitely a backward step in that case. So I would encourage pundits and the odd chance that they're listening, please research. Mm, exactly. Um, quick skim through the rest of the Premier League. Right, Chelsea. I was going. I was going to do that. Now. Oh, I was. I don't think Chelsea going to sign Sol permanently. No. Not his best forty-five minutes. I mean, yeah, and Tuchel was pretty damning of him as well. Yeah, uh, to be fair, I don't. I still don't understand why they signed him in the first place. It was not like no, they, they needed a midfield. Wait, and they weren't because they've got Gallagher out on loan. Gilmore's starting to look okay as well. Mm. They don't need him. Never needed him in the first place. Like it, it baffled me the fact that they made that signing. Um, still got the win though against Watford. It's not enough. Not to say the Watford fan was okay. Yes. Uh, next one. Uh, How does Christian Benteke always take one step forward and three steps backwards? I have no idea. I really don't. That man's career is just getting more baffling by the minute. That miss. God, say. All the good form he's had and no one's going to remember that now. They're just going to talk about that miss. Yeah. Poor guy. Uh, Though Leeds did leave it late to get the victory there, ninety-four yeah, minutes they, the spot. They, they're not going to. They're not going to care. They got no. the win. They needed it. Definitely, sir. Hmm. Was, I thought, uh, even Delia Smith fell asleep watching whatever that was on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. It was just relegate them both now, for fuck's sake. Yeah, the game peaked with Kieran Clark being sent off after nine minutes. Yeah, and then nothing else happened. I mean, yes, both teams then eventually went on and scored, but... I like Pookie's goal. That's pretty good. Mm, decent enough, but... We're now 14 games into this season, and Newcastle are still yet to win. Shambolic, isn't it? I, this but it's OK. Really They've got four very experienced English players coming in to help them out. I don't think anything's can happen at this minute in time. Like, how are we? F- I know Sheffield United were 
dreadful last season and they hadn't picked up their first win at this point a couple of weeks later but still hmm. I think even Castle just looked bad like it was a Castle and Sheffield not even having points or a little more many points like Newcastle have picked up six draws in that which they're not great they've got seven to get wins draws. at some point it's seven draws now yeah so yes. <laughs> I don't know the uh, rebuilding process isn't going too well. Brought the wrong United. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh, last, the last thing I wanted to add with the cut guys. Should we give our overall thoughts on Amazon Prime? I like them. Do you make it? Bring... It's decent enough. It just shows we need Ali McCoy more on commentary, though. Yeah, did you? Amazon Prime's biggest pull is their commentary. Oh, but, 100%. but for a TV provider, that you can actually turn the commentary off, like you don't mm. want to with this lot. <laughs> yeah, I think all TV companies should offer you that though. The ability to turn off commentators. I think the BBC do it well. They offer the five live commentary, which is somewhat better. Yeah, not too too bad. Well, yeah, Amazon's commentators are. Probably the best in the business. Yeah, so they've they put all the money into that. That you know their coverage can be a little bit of an issue. I didn't have yeah. issues personally, but you hear about issues off Twitter, like out, it's out of sync a little bit. It's a minute behind as well, I think. Yeah, but I mean that's always and, the way though, wouldn't? Yeah, because it's not like other. I think they've got to also think about pundit choices because the Newcastle Norwich one was quite funny. <laughs> like Eddie Luco, yeah, completely partial in this. Simon Thomas, not Simon Telly. <laughs> yes. Newcastle fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Les Ferdinand, Newcastle legend. <laughs> yep. And you can't get much more, more impartial than, than that, surely. Who's the co commentator? Oh, it's Alan Shearer. <laughs> Former Newcastle player and manager. <laughs> Their best ever player. Yeah. Talk about impartiality there. Yeah, brilliant. Yes. Um, right, just a quick skim through the other two, oh, the other three or four scores that, in case you've missed it. West Ham and Brighton played out a one-all draw. Wolves Burnley finished nil-nil. Southampton Leicester finished at two-two, and Spurs beat Brentford two-nil. Again, not really a damning performance or good performance from Spurs, despite winning. I don't think it was much of a problem buying Brentford. Mm. Like they're, they're undefeated still under contact in the league at least but I think they'll take that yeah. they're six for now <laughs> <laughs> I just sums up the Premier League is around this mid-table where you can go on a bad run but if you go on a really good run you're suddenly back in the Europe fight oh yeah 100% like anything from realistically Leicester and Tenth to West Ham is extremely Cough, Cough, Villa 15th or fourth, I don't know where we are now. Thirteenth. Thirteenth, yeah. We're only six points. Six. Exactly. A lot can change in these few uh weeks and probably will do as we enter this games every other week or every other day period now. Let's go through this week's fixtures. Yep, so the standout fixture for me this weekend, uh, we've got two big ones. First, uh, Saturday afternoon, 
West Ham versus Chelsea. Um, first versus fourth. It's going to be a really good game, I think. And I don't think Chelsea will win that easily. I think it will be a much closer game than many of West Ham struggled a little bit recently. But then again, Chelsea have slipped up now. A little yeah. bit. Well, the Watford game wasn't completely convincing. No. But who knows? Yeah, I think that's definitely going to be a game to watch and it'll be interesting to see uh, like how it plays out. And then the other big game this weekend yeah, to actually takes place on Monday evening, Everton-Arsenal. Arsenal obviously looking to bounce back from that defeat, but Everton, I think, need this win a lot more than Arsenal do to at least make sure they're not slipping down the table any further because if by the end... By the time they play this weekend, uh, if my maths is correct and none of these teams play each other, they could actually be as low as 17th. Yeah, and I think a heavy loss to an Arsenal probably would signal the end. Yeah. I know they've come out with the big managerial backing, but that's usually the sign, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, it means the manager's getting sacked in the next two, three weeks. Um. Elsewhere this weekend, the rest of the Saturday fixture to see Newcastle take on Burnley. I feel sorry for whoever's going to that game, because that's going to be boring <laughs> as fuck. Doesn't sound uh, great, does it? <laughs> no. You've got Southampton versus Brighton, which definitely has uh, a ring of entertainment to it. Technically South Coast, Derby. Yeah. Southern Derby. <laughs> it's a Southern Derby, not it's the south coast derby. I don't know yeah don't class it as a derby it's about as much of a derby as Leicester and Villa is <laughs> exactly uh, Wolves take on Liverpool as well at 3 o'clock which I think that's going to be an intriguing game probably the most intriguing of the 3 o'clockers and then we finish off Saturday with Watford taking on Manchester City uh, at Vicarage Road at half past 5 which could just go one of two ways Man City absolutely thrash Watford or Watford somehow uh, throw the cat amongst the pigeons and get a win no it's probably going to be the former yeah uh, then I look on to Sunday's fixtures three of them kick off at 2 o'clock we have Ralph Rangnick's first game in charge at Manchester United as they host Patrick Vieira's Crystal Palace Tottenham take on Norwich and Leeds play Brentford which could be a good game because Brentford aren't in the best of forms and Leeds are a bit hit and miss this season and then it's a nice cast of stars really isn't it? yeah I'm very intrigued to see how that one plays out and then the half four game sees Aston Villa take on Leicester which not a derby East versus West <laughs> no stop it it's not yeah, it's not a derby, Jesus Christ. Villa Wolves is the derby in the Premier League. Yeah. This season, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Leicester, again, against Leicester's a good test for us, given how Leicester are this season. A bit hit and miss, but we know they're very good. Look at the players they've got. Yeah, and victory would see you go above the Foxes, actually. So. Yeah. We're all going on a European tour. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting weekend as we, like we say, we head into this festive period now of games every other day. Um, 
we do have some European fixtures to look forward to now. Uh, we'll start off over in La Liga this weekend. Um, one game that really stands out to me is on Saturday evening as Real Sociedad hosts Real Madrid. Third versus first. Uh, Sociedad have slipped off the way a bit this season, uh, now in recent weeks, but I still think this could be a really good game where I actually wouldn't be surprised to see Sociedad actually come away with a victory. Yeah, I don't know much. On Sociedad, they've started pretty well. Mm. It's just they've fallen a bit at the wayside in recent weeks, uh, but definitely still capable of putting up a massive fight to Real Madrid who have just mm. been incredible this season what David Moyes built is now finally coming to fruition yes uh, elsewhere in La Liga this weekend we see Barcelona take on Real Betis on Saturday afternoon and then uh, the early evening game sees Atletico Madrid take on Real Mallorca uh, over in the Bundesliga, there was an announcement made on Thursday that uh, the capacities due to the rising COVID is going to be halved. So that's depressing to see. Oh, it's so depressing. Horrible flashbacks. <laughs> yes. However, we do have the Classica to look forward to on Saturday uh, evening. So even with less crowd it's still going to be a good game it should still be alright at least Haaland is in there first versus, as well. yep, first versus second one point separate in the two sides I am ready as ever for that game uh, elsewhere the other good game uh, sees what was the other game I saw that stood out to me I can't fucking think now. But yes, um, the Classica is the main one to look forward to in the Bundesliga. Over in France this weekend, PSG take a trip over to Lens. Uh, Monaco host Metz and Lyon travel to Bordeaux. Not really many good games to look forward to there in France. And then finally over in Italy this weekend... We've got two good games on Saturday. Roma taking on Inter Milan and Napoli hosting Atalanta. It should be very, very tasty to look forward to. Right, uh, now it's time to do our predictions league. Uh, so obviously, last week, Brad just about snuck it over me, I believe. Uh, and there's a <laughs> Just about point. snuck it over me. I got a perfect score, you know it. <laughs> exactly. That's why <laughs> you just snuck it because you got it at the last second. Um, the couple of the king. <laughs> but this week I am choosing the games. So first up, we have West Ham versus Chelsea. I'm gonna say Chelsea will win two one. Okay, uh, I have gone with a one one draw in that. Uh, the second game I've gone for is that South of the country game between Southampton and Brighton. We're the only ones trying to make a derby here. Yeah, this, <laughs> uh, I I see boring draw. One on. Okay, I've gone with uh, Southampton to lose two one, and then the final game. Is that on 
Sunday afternoon as Leeds take on Brentford. <laughs> you you feel an absolute prick with these match choices. <laughs> exactly. Uh, one nil Brentford. And there it is, the first one of the weekend. <laughs> hey, there we go. It was bound to happen, yeah. I've also gone with Brentford winning 1-0. Uh, I'm actually the... surprised you didn't go for a higher score there. Nah, I'm expecting it to be a, clay, a very cagey game. Uh, first European game, obviously we've just spoken about it, is the Classica between Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich. There is a striker that is coming for blood. And it's not the one in yellow. It's the one that used to play in yellow. Yeah. 3-1, <laughs> uh, Bayern. I've also gone for a Bayern win, but I've gone to 3-2. Uh, the next game I have is Real Sociedad versus Real Madrid. Madrid will win 2-1. Okay, let me just write that in. I'm going to go for a... I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw there. Wow, that's a bold one. Yes. And then the final game is over in Italy as Roma take on Inter Milan. Oh, Jesus. Uh... I go with Inter... I think they win 2 0. I've also gone with an Inter Milan win, but I'm going for 2 1 to Inter Milan. Uh, have you made any changes to your fantasy team for the games this weekend? Oh, I don't think I did, but I swear I meant to. <laughs> I think I've actually, no, I've actually no. managed to make a change on mine. I've finally got rid of Christoph Ayer, who's been on my injured bench for about four or five weeks now, if not longer. Uh, but I've substituted him for his Brentford teammate Rico Henry, so I've put him in the lineup. And then I've benched Conor Gallagher and brought Emil Smith Rowe in, and I've put him as vice captain against Everton. I think in that reg- in the fancy regard, I'm very close to making a wild card move. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think I was going to do it this week, but I'm not going to now. I definitely won't do it now. Yes. Uh, a reminder that there's four points between us heading into this weekend's uh, game so let's hope I can close this gap the real closest title race (laughs) yes right uh, I'll now hand it over to you it is time for funniest moments of the week I don't know, Jeff, has it? I do not believe what I've just seen! To this day, never gets old. Never gets old, and it will still be played, even if I yeah, make the name change that I just have. So, we've been calling it the funniest moment of the week for way too long now. The blandest name ever. It's almost as bland as Man City. <laughs> well, I'll come up with something even better because if there's someone who deserves appreciation, it's especially me. after the week they've had, Damn it. Peter Drury. 
Not you. <laughs> but even you must confess Peter Jury is better than you. Obviously, he gets paid to do this stuff I don't. Yeah, he's first class. He's hearing more often. Agreed. Which is why the funniest moments of the week, the funniest moments of the week are now changing, and we are now rechristening them the Peter Drury That Is Quite Something Award. Love that. So instead of just going on about the funny moments of the week, we'll be talking about some of the outrageous stuff that has happened this week. That could be news stories. It could be, again, funny moments or maybe other stuff. So I have four nominations. Okay. So uh, first up, the entire Ballon d'Or and everything that it's become. (laughs) Fucking bullshit. Absolute <laughs> bullshit. I'm putting it nicely. <laughs> fuck France football and fuck every journalist who voted in that bullshit. In the male version, not the women's version. The women's version, I've got no qualms over. But the male version, everything. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure about that? Yeah, positive. I've got no qualms over the women's one, but the men's one, absolute bullshit. To the nth degree of yeah. bullshit. Hmm. It's not even like fully completely about Messi winning, is it? No. It's just the positions of all the others. Mo Salah, seventh. Jorginho, third. <laughs> fuck Salah, seventh. How the fuck did Jorginho get third? Yeah, he had a good Euros and won the Euros and won the European Cup, but fuck me. Did they not see what he did up the, like 24 hours earlier? No, they, what they saw was an amazing assist. I mean, they may have done, but Jesus wept. Just uh, yeah. they, they just couldn't they couldn't be asked to give Lewandowski's award that much that they created one for him it genuinely looks like the cardboard that you get in like a bloody confectionery box or something like it's it's what Domino's give you with their pizzas it's fucking awful and I'm not talking about Domino's pizza in that instance no not for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> The second nomination. England's women's team giving out a Sunday League-style bashing to Latvia. Now, that one I have seen, and that's just 20 nil. Jesus Christ. I mean, four players getting a hat-trick. Yeah, like... Ellen White breaking the all-time women's goal-scoring record. What the fuck are you going to learn from that game? No, but there's positives and negatives to it, like... These teams need to level up somehow. Viva need. And obviously it only comes with funding. Yep. But, yeah, the quality of players also is a factor. I mean, uh, there was a comment made after the game on either the Daily Mail or the Guardian from one of the parents of a player of Latvia, and she said that they only meet up like two to three times a month. Um and a lot of their best players couldn't get time off of work to travel to the game to play in it so it just shows that FIFA need to do some sort of restructuring of how these games happen because if it's even happening in the men's game where you see games this one-sided there needs to be some sort of restructure where the bigger nations and the more prominent footballing nations play each other in qualifications and then these minnow countries play against each other or have their own little tournament type thing to build up and so the fact you don't see these embarrassing score lines so often yeah 
Yeah, that's probably about right. Uh, third nomination. Troy Deeney's comments in an interview at half-time in the Watford-Chelsea game. Now, these I haven't seen. So this is going to be a new one to me. Well, there was only the one line that stands out. Because he spoke about COVID as well. Which, you know... Yeah, just people have their own opinions, whatever. Yes. But the, the, line, the standout line was, I'm old... I'm fat and enjoying myself. Yeah. <laughs> Can't complain with that at all. Of course you could complain. Why? Well, it's a good thing he doesn't play for any good teams anymore, I guess. And there's the expected arch-rival shot coming there from you. If I'm them, I don't know how I'm feeling after hearing that comment. Yeah, but... Can he still He's do a regular start for him. Does he still do the job for them? No. <laughs> Was he ever expected to come in and do the show for them? Probably. <laughs> Should they be worried? The standards are that low there. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. No one gives two shits about them. I don't even know where they are in the table. Ah. I don't know. I think they're mid-table. 14th. Anyway, what was the... F- yeah, just I just find it hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he's at the end of his career anyway. So. Yeah, he's earned. Like, I was surprised he even went there. He might as well just go off into the sunset. Yes. Anyway, what's the fourth and final one that you've got? Probably the most awkward moment that I've seen this week. Uh, Simon Thomas in the Man United Arsenal coverage yesterday. <laughs> right. But they were speaking about Edouard Mendy. Mm-hmm. But uh, poor Simon had a name slip, but I don't think he realised because he never rectified it. He named Edward Mendy as Benjamin, oh. leading. But the comical moment in this is. Have you, did you at least see it? No, I actually didn't. I don't watch pregame. Oh, didn't. Well, I would encourage finding. I would encourage finding the vid just for Patrice Evra's reaction. <laughs> What did Uncle Pat do this time? He just casually gave an almighty confused look at the other pundits. Just <laughs> it's when the eyebrows drop, you know, and you just be like, "Hang on." <laughs> that is quite yeah. Oh, that was funny as well. The camera cuts away <laughs> to start looking at Aaron Ramsdale. That was it. The, the, all the conversation was Aaron Ramsdale was a better like save percentage than anyone Mendy at the moment. So we're not that. And he ended up saying Benjamin Mendy instead of Edward. <laughs> yeah, definitely not the right thing to be talking about in this moment in time. Um, I do actually um, have... Do you have, any, do you have a nomination? I do. So, do you remember former Manchester United and Stoke forward Mambri Amjouf? I saw this, yeah. I thought about adding it. <laughs> he um, has had a busy week in the Turkish Cup for... I don't know who the figure plays. Uh... Hatyaspor in Turkey. Yeah. So he went in goal after their keeper got sent off. Then they brought on a replacement keeper, so he goes back outfield. The replacement keeper gets sent off just before the team go to penalties in this cup game. So then Mambriam Juve goes back in goal after scoring his penalty and his team end up winning on penalties. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Like, it just sounds like a 
there is no way. Just so random. Absolute comical effect. Like it really is absolutely baffling. Um, but yeah, I think that is it for this weekend. Well, we've always had the nominations, but who's winning the award this week? Uh, oh, I'd probably give the Simon Thomas mix-up for just yeah, it's an awkward moment, and it <laughs> just because you don't want that mix-up happening in the current mm. climate of things. Like b- before, I saw that, I'd have said England women yeah. all day long. I don't get who they're playing. Not sweaty. Like, come on, that's just but, oh, Simon Thomas. Yeah, poor guy. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, as we said at the start, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you are listening to our podcast and make sure you follow us at Pod for all the latest news and stories from around the world of football and we'll be back at the start of next week to recap the weekend's games excluding Arsenal-Everton because that's Monday night and have a look to the final match day in the Champions League as we've got that coming up next week with a lot of permutations still on the line. Except for the English clubs. Bring them on. <laughs> all the English clubs are through already, aren't they? Because we dominate. Yes. Right, until next week, it's goodbye from Brad. Yep, see ya. And it's goodbye from me, and we'll see you soon.